good being involved. I'd like you to take your Bible and the time we have to find Matthew's Gospel, chapter number one. Matthew's Gospel. They did a wonderful job. They, uh, not too much nervousness in there. They're able to speak up and look up and do what they had to do. Not too much crazy went on. That's always a blessing. Crazy adds to the, to the stuff, but it was good. And praise the Lord for that. We have been looking at the, uh, the appearance of the angels as it relates to the Christmas story. Last Sunday morning, we took time to look at the angel and his announcement and what he said uh, to Mary. There's four appearances to individuals. There would be the appearance to Zechariah, telling him of the birth of John the Baptist, and the appearance to uh, Mary, then the appearance to Joseph, and then the appearance to the shepherds, those four appearances. And uh, we want to focus a little bit on what the angel had to say. And it's interesting that with each person, it's not the same message. He has something he's saying specifically. Last week when we saw how he appeared to Mary, he, he really made no reference about being a, the savior of the world, dying for sins. Everything there was a prophetic reference to, uh, don't leave on me, sweetheart, I need you. <laughs> like the winter needs the spring. Anybody? <laughs> All right. Um, so... It was a reference there to how the uh, uh, Christ is the fulfillment of Bible prophecy and he's to be the king, the son of David, and how he's going to rule over Israel. So the prophecy of the angel to Mary was really about how her son is going to be the king and, and take the throne uh, of David and rule uh, over the house of Israel and his kingdom shall have no end. Now, of course, when uh, Mary and Joseph are engaged, the engagement process in the land of Israel at this point in time is really a, is a binding contract. If you want to get out of your uh, engagement in Bible days, you really needed a bill of divorcement. It was a legal action in order to get out of engaged. Today, you just take your ring and you throw it back at the guy and say it's over and you walk away. Uh, but back in Bible days, it was a drawn out procedure. So Mary and Joseph are engaged. It's a legal binding contract that they will be married and uh, to find out that your wife, the one that you're engaged to, and, and all for all purposes she was his wife legally speaking but they had not uh, had the marriage ceremony. Uh, in, in Israel again you would have these ceremonies where you didn't, as the bride you really didn't know when your wedding day was. It, was. it all depended on how much money the groom can save up and then one day, next thing, there was a parade coming down the street, and he was coming to get you, so you better make sure that you're all uh, fixed and ready to go as he, he's coming to get you, and you're going to have this big wedding ceremony, and depending on how much money he had, the ceremony could last a couple hours a day, a week, or even a month. And so my wife would have had 20 minutes with my wallet. <laughs> we would, we would, it's like, that's good. Yeah, we get Chick-fil-A's on the way, and we'll be, we'll be all right. We, we split something. So... It, it, it was a, an elaborate process and a, and a very fascinating process. And, and when you understand that, you understand a lot of the parables, especially the parable of the, of the ten virgins and how that worked and why the bridegroom is going down to meet the bride. And all, so it's, it's, it's an elaborate process. So if you understand this, we can understand Joseph and what's going on with his life right now. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 1 and verse number 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together. 
she was found of child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and called his name Jesus. Now, Father, we've been glad today to sing the songs and hear the children sing, and, and it's been encouraging, and we've been blessed by it. Now, blessed now as your word goes forth, speak to our hearts, and may we uh, be challenged and uh, further educated in your word, but most of all, may we desire to love you more and serve you more with the truths that we have learned this day. If anybody is not saved, Lord, help them understand the gospel and be saved. And bless our time and hour now, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Here we have the, the Lord Jesus Christ and his birth announcements to, uh, to Joseph as the angel is going to appear to him. Now, you can understand Joseph's situation, that Joseph is being told that his wife, his future wife is the one he's engaged to is expecting a child now he knows this already the word is out that mary is expecting now you can put yourself in his position understand the thought process we think with a biblical mentality we learn these stories but uh, joseph has no comprehension of a virgin birth at this point in time he has no comprehension that his wife Mary has been a chosen vessel by God. In his mind, all he knows is that his wife is, is, not, is expecting, and, and it hasn't been by him because he has been faithful to keep himself pure. And for all intent and purposes, he believes that she has not. And that could be a very devastating effect on any human being. When you're in love with somebody and you're engaged, especially in this point in time, if, if you find out that the one you're engaged to when the feelings are new and love is, is fresh and all the emotions are there, to find out the one that you uh, want to spend the rest of your life with during that particular time while you are engaged has been unfaithful can be a very traumatic experience for both the man and the woman. And Joseph, no doubt, finds himself in this position where he is uh, contemplating what he is to do. Now there are several things Joseph can do. He can follow the law of Moses and he can take her out and have her publicly stoned to death. And he would have been in his rights to do so. That was the law of Moses. Uh, both men and women could have been treated in such a manner. But I want us to notice the character of Joseph here. And I want us to, in the moments we have, think about Joseph and then the message of the angel. It says, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, being a just man, and that's a very important phrase. That word, ju a just man, means he's an honorable man. He's a man who always does the right thing. And how important it is that you and I, as Christians, we are to be just people. That means we're honest. That means we do the right thing when we are uh, presented with the opportunity to do a wrong thing. When lying may get us out of a jam or 
keep us our job. We will do the right thing. We will be just. And, and Joseph is a just man. He's, and, I, and as we study this thing, I want you to understand that Joseph really is probably one of the great men of the New Testament. We think of Peter and Paul and, and all those men, and, and, they, and rightly so, they get a lot of attention. But Joseph is going to go through a lot here and deal with everything with a complete calm and faith and trust in Almighty God. And understand that when he does find out what God is doing, the rest of the world still does not believe this story. Imagine going down to the, uh, to the work the next day and, 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 and everybody says, well, I heard Mary's expecting. Well, it's not me. Listen, this is a virgin birth. And, and this is the child that God promised. Do you think for one minute that story is going to fly? It's not. He's going to live with the rest of his life with everybody thinking. And, and by the way, the Lord Jesus Christ gets accused of being an illegitimate child later on. So these stories never go away. You know, these small communities always hold on to the gossip and the lies and the, and the half-truths of people. And Joseph's going to live with the rest of his life with everybody thinking that his wife Mary was, a, was, a, uh, was unfaithful to him. And that Jesus Christ is, is somebody else's child. And we know it's not Joseph's child. And so this is a very difficult thing this man will bear the rest of his life. And Mary also will bear the burden of knowing that everybody's going to think that she was an unfaithful and impure woman and, and call her all the names that, that a, a, a woman may be called uh, because of what she has done. You were unfaithful to the, your, your, your engaged husband and, 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 and how could you and, and how awful a human being you are. And, and, it, and it wouldn't be until you know, centuries later that the, the, the public mindset understands all that God has done. But they have to live through that. And I want you to know that the will of God and, and serving God is not always easy. And serving God, we will often be misunderstood, accused of things that we're not guilty of. But we're serving God. We're doing what's right. And it's not up to the rest of the world to really know what's going on or what God's doing. We're just going to be faithful to God. And Joseph is this man who is being faithful to Mary here in this consider consideration. Now it says in verse number 18 that when his mother was espoused to Joseph before they came together. And there are several things in our scriptural language about making very plain and clear about their relationship as they were dating. Before they came together, they had not had any physical contact with each other. They were abiding by biblical rules and standards for their dating life. So Joseph here has a serious problem on his hand. What's he going to do with Mary? What's he going to do with her? Now he can take her and he can send her away where she can have this baby and and uh, and 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 maybe keep it, maybe give it up, who knows. But he, he is thinking on all the possibilities, but one thing he is not thinking about is having the woman he loves to be executed. That's not on Joseph's radar, which speaks volume of the man's nature once again. To think, you know, this is the woman I dearly love, and I could have her, but I'm not thinking that. I'm thinking to put her away privately, to send her off somewhere where she can have the baby and free from public scorn and ridicule and mockings and all that she's going to go through and I'll bear the burden of it all. I'll take all the slings and arrows and the rocks and I'll take all the abuse that society will throw at me but I, I want to protect my, my wife and make sure she's taken care of here. So again, this pregnancy is a puzzle and it's a problem. But the Bible again tells us that Joseph being a just man, 
Joseph was a godly and upright man, and he's going to suffer a lot of trials because of this situation. And as I just said, the godly are not exempt from problems. The Bible says that many, many are the affliction of the righteous in Psalm 34, 19. We think that because we're saved, we are spared from affliction, but God reminds us that we as Christians will have many afflictions in our life. The conviction of what he's facing here, again, he was minded to put her away privately, but he's not willing to make her a public example. He wants to do something. He did not want this anxious news to spread and, and let everybody know what was going on. Let's take this and let's try and handle this as quickly as possible and send her away. That's what he's thinking. But God in his mercy, God's a good God, and, and Joseph is just as much a part of this whole process as Mary and, and, or anybody else is because he is going to be the man that's going to help raise the Lord Jesus Christ and, and teach him the skills of carpentry and, and, and be there to support him as he grows up to, to manhood. And so God wants to help Joseph. And I want you to pay attention to the wording in verse number 20. While he thought on these things. Can I encourage you? It would be a good thing if we thought on things before we acted on things. Have your trial first and then maybe the execution. Too many people are quick to have an execution and then have a trial. We may think we got all the answers to find out we didn't have all the pieces of the puzzle and what we were thinking about somebody really wasn't how it really was in the first place. Be careful with all that. Joseph was a man, not only a just man, but he's a thoughtful man. And that word, th th he thought on these things, he's meditating. He is, he is going through everything in his mind trying to figure this all out. And he's not throwing his wife under the bus and looking to do her any damage. He's a thoughtful man. Can I, again, always be thinking. Always be, how can I deal with this situation? Well, what's the best way in which we can help? Is this, and how I deal with this, is this going to help somebody? Remember, our goal in life is always to help people. And you know, the, the, the people will fall and they need to be told they've messed up, but they also, there's restoration in that and helping somebody to get back. And when we just want to crush somebody, we don't help them. And so Joseph, i got to think on these things. And this is where the Lord sends the angel to appear on these. He says, and while he thought on these things, <clears throat> the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. Now as I was studying this, I noticed something I never noticed before, and maybe you have, but it's something new to me. That in all the four appearances, Zechariah, Mary, Joseph, and, and the angels, Joseph is the only one who got the angel in a dream. Everybody else got a physical appearance of the angel. Zechariah was in the temple when all of a sudden Gabriel the angel appeared. <clears throat> Mary was in her home when all of a sudden the angel appeared. The shepherds were in the field watching over their flock by night when the angel appeared and then the heavens opened up and they saw the host of heaven. It was a physical appearance. But Joseph does not get a physical appearance. Joseph gets a, a vision in a dream which had me thinking, why? <laughs> and so being the astute Bible scholar I am, I sent out a text to several preachers I know asking them, hey, 
And I got a lot of deep theological thoughts. That's interesting. When you get the answer, let me know. That was, that, that was, <laughs> that was my deep thinking preacher friends out there, so they left it up to me. But there were some who came back with some good things. But I was praying and reading and studying and is going through this. Why did God... Now, listen, I want you to see something in your Bible that God does. He says there in verse number 19, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, put her away privately. And verse number 20, While he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. Go for you to chapter number 2 of Matthew. In chapter number 2 and verse number 13. And when they, when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph, what? In a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child, his mother, and flee into Egypt. And behold, I will bring thee word for her. It will seek the young child to destroy him. So that's a second time the angel appears to him. But again, it's in a dream. And then if we jump down to verse number 19, well, when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth unto him, what? In a dream to Joseph in Egypt. So three times Joseph is visited by an angel, but all three times these, these appearances are while Joseph is in a state of sleep. This angel appears to him, which again had me asking the question, why did angels, why did Gabriel, whom we think it might have been, show up to speak to him? And I, can, I think it speaks to the character and to the faith of the man. His faith was a strong faith. He was a godly man. And God would not use an ungodly man to be the wife of Mary and the man who's going to raise the Lord Jesus Christ. Joseph and his family traced their lineage all the way back to Solomon. And he has a godly heritage a godly DNA, and, and, and so he's a good man. His faith did not need the actual appearance of an angel. Which are you more likely to believe and act upon, an actual physical appearance or that of something you saw in a dream? Now, we don't operate on dreams today. Please, let me encourage you. If you had a dream last night and, and uh, you know, I have bad dreams. Sometimes I wake up and think, what in the world is that all about? And usually it's because I ate about 10 slices of pepperoni before I went to bed, and I, I got to knock that off. I'm not 21 anymore. And so, you know, you have these crazy dreams. A guy called me the other day. He said, can I, he actually sent me, can I call you? I said, sure. He called me through Facebook message. He goes, are you okay? I said, I'm fine. I didn't look fine. I was woke up in the morning. My hair was sticking up. I was wearing a bathrobe. I had mattress face. I'm like, I'm fine. I go, why? He goes, I had a really bad dream about you last night. I said, well, nothing bad going on that I know of. He said, well, I've always been told that if you dream about somebody and it's bad, that you, that, that you ought to contact them to make sure everything's okay in their life. I said, no, everything's okay that I know of. I said, Satan's still Satan, God's still God, and, and so we're, we're in the middle of a battle here, but we're, nothing I know of. He said, well, I'm just I'm praying for you. Well, I appreciate that. appreciate a great deal. Now, you may have dreams, but again... I, be careful with that stuff. We operate on the Word of God and what Scripture says. And as Paul says, if me or an, an angel from heaven uh, appear unto you and preach any other gospel other than what you have received, uh, let them be accursed. Any, you get any vision, any dream, then it contradicts the Word of God. Just take it. That didn't come from God. That's satanic or it's just your corrupt sinful mind with its crazy dream systems. But don't 
operate your life based on dreams. Now, God is operating through Joseph through a dream, but his faith did not need an appearance. Zachariah, we think about Zachariah. What type of man was Zachariah? Well, he was a good man, a godly man, but what type of faith did he have? Well, he didn't have much faith because he doubted the word of God, and therefore he was made unable to speak until after the birth of the child. And so God gave that vision of an angel coming to him, an actual appearance, to help a man whose faith needed that type of encouragement. Now the angel shows up to Mary. And we can't say anything bad about Mary's faith, but my friend, uh, I can understand that appearance because if you're told that you're going to have a baby and while you're a virgin and this baby is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, I think that requires a one-on-one, in-person visitation, not a dream because that might be misinterpreted. So Mary gets that special privilege. Then the shepherds, they don't get dreams. They get an actual heavenly host and that miraculous miracle that we see there that we'll try and look at next Sunday morning about the angel, what he says to them there in that field. But again, these men were out in the night. They're watching over their sheep and they make their way down into Jerusalem or to Bethlehem to visit the baby Jesus Christ. The shepherds whose job it is to raise sheep in Israel. And what was the purpose of sheep in Israel, my friend? For the purpose of sacrificing. And so the men who are responsible for the sacrificial lambs are told by the angel to go and visit who but the sacrificial lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. Joseph, again, has this faith that does not need an appearance. He is quick to believe God, even if God shows him up in a dream. In all three examples, we see with Joseph, his faith acted quickly. He quickly acted upon it and did not have to be prompted, prodded, or he did not question anything. There's never a question with Joseph. Are you sure? Uh, you, 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 you mean my wife's going to have a baby? No. Okay, great. I believe it. You need to get out of here because Herod's going to kill you. I believe it. We're out of here. You can go back now. Herod's dead. Sounds good. He always acted upon it. There was never a delay in this man's response. He was always quick to move and trust God. Which again speaks volume to his character and to his faith that he never doubted God in any way. That even an angel that showed up in his sleep in a dream in a vision and however that may have manifested, he was always quick to believe it. That's the type of faith he had. His faith trusted God without question. We often think we know the will of God and God may lay something upon our heart, but yet we're, I think, and maybe, and, 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 and should I go now? We, you know, we're always quick to, to do something. But not Joseph. Joseph always acted that. His faith was the type of faith that endured persecution. You're going to be criticized the rest of your life. For the rest of your life, you're going to be known as the guy who married the woman who had a baby out of wedlock with somebody else. I mean, you guys were engaged. It's not like you guys were married for years and then she cheated on you. It's not like you guys were just kind of seeing each other and then she cheated on you. No, you guys were engaged. That's, you know, this is like the worst possible thing. And she did that to you. He has to endure that persecution. And I always want to remind you, as we kind of hinted at before, that Jesus Christ in your life will always bring some problems. You will be misunderstood. You're one of them holy Joes. You're one of them Christians always you hate everybody. Let me tell you, you start living right, the world's not going to get happy with you. <laughs> you stop doing certain things, they're not going to rejoice with you. You stop going to places and drinking their drinks and doing their things, they're not going to be happy with you. It's just going to bring you problems. You think you're better than us? What are you, you, you some special person now? 
No, I'm just, <laughs> in fact, I know I'm not special. The truth of the matter is I know just how rotten a sinner I am. That's my problem. And I'm just trying to get as close to Jesus Christ as I possibly can. His faith really makes him one of the great men of the Bible because we find men in the Bible always like Peter. I like Peter. I can identify with Peter. You're going to deny me three times. Not me. Instead of saying, wow, Lord, I believe you. I don't want to do that, but I guess I have to believe you. No, he fights with the Lord. <laughs> and how many times do we fight with God? We want to argue with God about something in our life. Give that up. Stop doing that. Go to church. Do this. Do that. Witness to that person. I don't know. I don't think so. And we argue with God. But not him. He always did what God told him to do. His faith obeyed in all these actions. He was a man who always did what he was told. As we see there in, in, in verse number 20, it says, And while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in dreams, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take it to marry thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And then we jump down, in our, and we jump up, actually, in verse number 18, in the middle of the verse, it says, Mary espoused to Joseph before they came together. So again, this is before they've known each other in the marital sense of the word. And then we jump down to verse number 25. And knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. And so Joseph, even though he will be, go through the marriage process, he still does not know his wife. He cannot know her in that sense until after the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Which when you think about it, I'm not going to go into it, but everybody here who's old enough and dated understands the the, the love and the emotions and the feelings that you have towards somebody and the things that you try to constrain yourself. If you live by biblical standards, you're trying to constrain yourself and you put guidelines up so that you don't cross boundaries and, and try to obey God and do what God tells you to do. Now, Joseph is living with his wife. They are husband and wife, but he will not lay a hand on her until after the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, lest it be said that he had some involvement with this child. Which again speaks volumes for the next nine months, the woman he loves, and again, humanly speaking, desires in that sense of the word, has to say, no, I'm not going to do it. God puts him through a difficult circumstance. It's not something we talk about or think about, but again, it, humanly speaking, and how life is, it's what he had to go through. Which also lets us know that Mary did not remain a perpetual virgin the rest of her life after Jesus. She did not stay pure in, in, in that sense. She had a normal marriage relationship according to the Bible. He knew her not till, knew her not till she brought forth her son. And when she was uh, after the birth and healed, she was able to carry on a normal husband-wife relationship. And they had several children together. So there is a lot of doctrine thrown out the window about Mary being this perpetual virgin. She was a virgin up until she had the Lord Jesus Christ. And then she went on to live a normal life with her husband, Joseph. Now again, as we think about the angel, what he says here, what's the message from the angel? It's very simple. First of all, you're to fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which you can see there is of the Holy Ghost. The first part of the message really is, this is God's will. You're afraid. Now, he's not, he's not afraid of the angel, but he's afraid. Fear not to take... 
So obviously what Joseph is going through in his mind is, can I take this woman as my wife? There's a lot of going on here. This is one of the things he's thinking about. If I take Mary to be my wife, this is what I have to deal with the rest of my life. I have a very godly friend. He's a good godly man, loves the Lord, and uh, never been married, but he uh, met his future wife one night at a a house, at a party, and uh, they, uh, he spent the whole night talking to her. It was one of those things you just met and they clicked. But she had two small children. She had been divorced, her husband, not a good man. And so he went home and he said, you know, if I, if I, if I pursue this relationship, I really like being with her, I really enjoy it, I had a, we, we got along so well, and we had such a good time, we have so much in common, but if I, if I pursue this, I have to assume and take on the role of father to these two small children. That's one of the things he, and he said, you know, I, I didn't think long about that, by the way. He said, I just assumed it's what God wanted for my life. Or what, I don't think he was even saved at the time, to be honest with you. If he's watching, he'll text me. But uh, he, he married and raised those boys as his own. And, uh, and that to this day, they're grown men, a little bit younger than me, and, and they still call him father and, and love him as dad because he took on that role. And, and, and so a man in that situation, Joseph, I have to think about this, but he's afraid. And there's nothing wrong with being afraid, by the way. But he acted upon what God, and God removes fear from us. Perfect love does what? Casteth out fear. And God does not want us to have the spirit of fear. And, and, and fear freezes us up. It, 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 it makes us afraid to move and do something. Joseph, the angel to Joseph was, fear not. You take that woman as your wife. You get married to her. And, and you love her as your wife because she has been very faithful and pure and, and she's done nothing wrong. God is doing something miraculous here that nobody else can understand. Only you two will understand this for, for a while to come. The second part of the message from the angel in verse 21, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Now we went over that last week, what Jesus means. basically means Jehovah saves. God is the Savior. For he shall save his people from their sins. And again, a very quick message, but I want you to notice here that the message from the angel to Joseph about Jesus being Jehovah saves, he says that he shall save his people from their sins. So again, it's a reference, that word his people is a reference to the Jews, to Israel. Because Jesus Christ is Jewish, he's born of Jewish mother, has a, a Jewish stepfather, he'll raised in Jewish customs, obeying all the Jewish laws and, and principles, do all those things that, are, that God commanded. And his purpose and coming was to save the Jewish people from their sins. You say, well, preacher, what about us? Well, I think we know the answer. <laughs> we know he came for us as well. But so far, the message to Mary... And the message to Joseph, these two devout Jewish people, is, is, is messianic and how it is referenced to the nation of Israel itself without any mention of the Gentile world and, 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 or what he's going to do. It's encouraging these Jewish people in their faith in God. Now Matthew, as he writes by the Holy Spirit of God, is reminding us, and by the way, Matthew's gospel is what we call a Jewish gospel. Now there's a lot of people who are uh, very anti-Jewish, people who are 
replacement theology types don't like that. But when we say Matthew is a Jewish gospel, it means it's written primarily to the Jewish people to convince the Jewish people that Jesus Christ is their King and Messiah. It's written in that vein. All throughout Matthew, Matthew says, well, this was written, it was written, it was written. Matthew is always pointing the Jewish people to the Old Testament scriptures to convince them that Jesus Christ is Messiah and King. And, and, and throughout this, we see the, 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 the Olivet Discourse where he preaches about the, this, the tribulation period. Again, in that period, it deals with the Jewish people and what they'll face at the hands of the Antichrist. So Matthew's gospel, for all intent and purpose, was written to the Jews to convince the Jews that Christ is Messiah and King. And so what does he do here? He says in verse 22, Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, which is the prophet Isaiah. Behold, a virgin shall be with child, shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted, God with us. And again, here we have the, this, the sanctity of this prophecy. The, the sanctity of this conception and the birth of Christ. Again, this is a Joseph being affirmed. Your wife is the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Now, my friend, that's something to think about. You've got to sit down and go, well, let me, let me digest that for a little bit. He never doubts it, but he's got to digest it. <laughs> my wife is the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Man alive, what have, what have I married? Yeah, well, you talk about picking a winner. I got winner, winner, chicken dinner here. This is, this is awesome. She is the fulfillment. The virgin birth is, is, is not only prophesied in Scripture, as noted in Matthew's text, but it's also emphasized in the first chapter of Matthew. One of the first prophecies Matthew emphasizes is the virgin birth, which lets us know that this is a very vital, important Bible doctrine. And doctrine does matter. It's important to believe what Scripture says. I was watching some lunatic on the Internet the other day. I don't know why I spend time watching these five-minute clips. It wastes my time. But you, know, you see something like, let me see what this lunatic has to say. And, well, you know, we need to have love over doctrine we need to have unity and not division. And, she, and she's up there babbling away and saying something stupid. And uh, no, my friend, we need to have doctrine. And, doc, and Jesus never said he came to bring unity. <laughs> Jesus said just the opposite. I've come to bring what? A sword. I'm going to divide people. I'm going to divide families. Because one's going to believe and one's not. It's going to cause a problem in the home. I don't like that. Well, that's what Jesus says. You take it up with him when you meet him one day. But we have doctrine. And my friend, we cannot dismiss the truth that Mary was a pure woman who gave birth to a sinless son who's going to grow up to be the Lamb of God, die on Calvary's cross to pay for our sin. This is something supernatural. As we keep stressing this time of year, the deity of Christ is part of Bible prophecy. Christ was not just a human, but Christ was also God. Perfect God, perfect man come together for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to die so that we might be saved. And that's why he's here, my friend. That's why we're celebrating this season, because Christ came to die and, and, and save us from our sins, as we will learn. Now, Joseph goes on to marry Mary and, 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 and does exactly what God tells him to do. And thank God for people who will obey and do what the Lord tells them to do. It's always important. And if God lays something upon your heart, do it, my friends. If it's scriptural, do it. 
witness to somebody. I think I'm supposed to witness to that person. Well, witness to them. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> they, they don't hear? Well, they're not hearing now. So go and tell them. They'll hear the gospel. So Mary's baby and the boy that Joseph will raise as his own son. And the Bible is very clear, by the way, and there were, where it's always his mother Mary and Joseph. The Bible never, ever uses the word father in relationship to Joseph. Now, you've got some bad Bible versions out there that do that. But, my friend, your King James Bible that you got there in your lap right there, and God is very specific to always make sure that his mother, Mary, and then Joseph. Never, ever letting us hint that Joseph may have any part in the birth process. So, again... He shall save his people from their sins. Again, my friend, this, this, this name of Jesus, the name of Jesus Christ, it's a name that condemns people in many ways because it lets them know that they need a Savior. It lets you know that you are condemned already and you need somebody to do something for you. You need Jesus, the Savior. And that's why the world doesn't like that name, by the way. That's why we try to eliminate it from our public schools and from our courthouses and from our town squares. And everybody else just eliminate the name Jesus because it reminds us that we have a great need. That need is the forgiveness of sin. And Satan wants to do everything he can to remove the name of Jesus Christ. All have sinned. But the problem is many do not think they have sinned. And and they don't need a Savior. But my friend, all men need Jesus Christ. And the Christmas time is a wonderful time to let the world know of what God has done. It's in the minds of people. They're thinking Christmas. They're going Christmas shopping. They're buying this for Christmas. They're buying a Christmas dinner. It's all about Christ this time of year. And so why not tell somebody about Christ while we can. Let's stand together for prayer. Father in heaven, we do thank you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you for what's been done today with the children, the songs, and, and Lord, help all these boys and girls to grow up to love you and to serve you. Lord, many of us, will not, we're not going to be here forever. And Lord, this younger generation, raise up the next group to take this place over and carry the gospel light through the towns of Kearney, Harrison, North Arlington, all over this region for Jesus Christ. Let these children, Lord, be used by you and for you. Put a hedge of protection, but help each parent, Lord, as they strive to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Help the kids, Lord, who don't have any encouragement at home whatsoever, but yet, Lord, come in spite of what they learn at home. Put your hand on those children. And just use them. Lord, we love you.